Hey there, it's Mitch here. And before we get into today's episode, our spring membership drive has officially sprung and we've got one heck of a giveaway. When you make a donation in any amount to Vermont Public by March 16th, you'll be entered to win a new roof valued up to $15,000 thanks to Vermont Construction Company. Your support makes everything we do possible. Make a gift today so we can keep bringing you the trustworthy, reliable news you count on day in and day out. To make your gift, head to vermontpublic.org donate. And thanks. From Vermont Public, this is The Frequency. I'm Mitch Wertlieb. It's Wednesday, February 14th. Happy Valentine's Day to those who celebrate. And here are today's headlines. Both of Vermont's U.S. senators yesterday voted against legislation providing additional aid for Ukraine and Israel. Senators Peter Welch and Bernie Sanders were only two of three lawmakers who caucused with the Democrats to vote no on the bill. Speaking on the Senate floor, Welch said that while he strongly supports aid for Ukraine, he could not vote for funding to help the Israeli military, quote, bomb civilian infrastructure in Gaza that includes hospitals, schools and churches. Knowing that the calamity that more U.S. bombs and artillery shells will cause for countless more civilians who had nothing, nothing whatsoever to do with the atrocities that were committed by Hamas terrorists on October 7th. The bill passed by a vote of 70 to 29 and allocates $60 billion to Ukraine and $14 billion to Israel. The bill now goes to the Senate, where Republican leaders are reportedly hesitant to call for a vote. Town meeting day is just three weeks away, and many Vermont school boards are still deciding whether or not to delay their school budget voting until later in the spring. Typically, towns and cities vote on school budgets on town meeting day, but lawmakers are currently rewriting the state's education tax laws, a move that could lead some districts to go back to the drawing board on their budgets. The last-minute changes are proving to be a headache for the state's municipal clerks. Yesterday on Vermont Edition, Secretary of State Sarah Copeland-Hansis said her office has been advising them on what to do. If ballots are already out in the hands of voters and the school district wants to delay only the budget vote, then voters can go ahead and return the rest of that ballot and uh, the, the clerks will simply disregard the results of the budget vote. Copeland Hansis recommended Vermonters reach out to their town or city clerk directly if they've already received a ballot and have questions about it. Burlington has not had any measurable snow on the ground since February began. And according to the National Weather Service, that hasn't happened since 1895. Meteorologist Seth Kudikoff with the Weather Service says this winter's dry and mild temperatures are contributing to the lack of snow. What little snow we did have in late January melted in the Champlain Valley, and we've been unable to recover previous years, even when we do have, um, obviously there are thaws uh, that happen most years, but they typically would occur with a little bit more snow on the ground uh, to start with. But Kudikov says there is a light at the end of the tunnel and there should be a shift to more typical winter conditions within the next two weeks. A Vermont native and Olympian broke her own record for the fastest indoor mile run by an American woman. Ellie Purrier St. Pierre of Richford took just over four minutes and 16 seconds to win the Milrose Games in New York last weekend, that according to WPTZ. The 27-year-old returned to competitive track and field in the last couple of weeks after having a child less than a year ago. At the Milrose Games, Purrier St. Pierre shaved less than 10 one-hundredths of a second off her previous record-holding mile. 
Coming up, a post-pandemic experiment that aims to connect people dealing with loneliness. That's after this. The Frequency is supported by MVP Healthcare, offering Medicare Advantage plans made for Vermont and guided by doctors. In partnership with the UVM Health Network. Info at uvmhealthadvantage.com. Since the pandemic, many of us feel out of practice when it comes to socializing and making new friends. In fact, one of two Americans surveyed admit to feeling lonely, something the Surgeon General warns is bad for our health. Vermont Public's Nina Keck tells us about a woman in Rutland who's trying to address that by making it easier for people in her community to connect. Hey. How are you? Good. Yes. On a recent Wednesday night, about a dozen people braved sleet and icy roads to attend what Jeanette Langston calls a gather-together in downtown Rutland. Inside, there's hot chocolate and tea fixings, bowls of popcorn and other snacks. Four kids play a game in one corner of the room, while a handful of adults with name tags chat and mingle. Garrison, how are you? Garrison, right? Yep. Langston, a 45-year-old with long auburn hair and a quick smile, works the room making introductions. Yeah, yeah, I'm so glad that you came tonight. Conversations that start with awkward small talk evolve and blossom as people relax. I love that it's not a bar. This is Russ Green. I mean, you know, bars can they have an upside, you know, they're social circles, but uh, I've never been a bar person. Green lives on Long Island, but he has a weekend house in Vermont and hopes to move here full-time. He's not married and wants more local friends. So, yeah, (laughs) here I am. These casual monthly get-togethers, funded in part by the local United Way, are part of a social experiment Jeanette Langston is conducting, an effort to counteract all the loneliness and anxiety she says people are struggling with. We all have the articles, we all have the TED Talks, we all have access to that, but people are still really unhappy and getting unhappier. So why are people unhappy? And it really came from my experience of like feeling a lack of connection. Langston says several years ago, when she and her husband were living in Utah, she became friends with a wonderful group of women. It made a world of difference in my life. And I thrived, and the people in that group thrived. And we, I watched every one of us affect each other in these really cool ways. And I thought, I wanted to do this for everyone, to help everyone feel how much social connection can impact us. It was one of those aha moments for Langston. And science backs her up. Research shows social interactions trigger the release of endorphins and other chemicals in our brain that make us feel good and improve our mental health. Isolation, on the other hand, increases our risk of anxiety, depression, heart disease, and dementia. Langston says it's why she created social tinkering, a concept that she turned into a nonprofit in 2021. Rutland is our prototype. We want to get this started and test out some ideas and see how do we do this thing. She says their goal is to create spaces where everyone feels safe and included, no matter their race, gender, age, or sexual orientation. To do that, she says people need to better understand stigma. Barriers need to be broken. It's challenging stuff. Langston says she's had a steep learning curve. After moving to Rutland with her family in 2019, she completed her diploma in social innovation at the University for Peace, an international studies program established by the United Nations. She's also taking courses with the World Happiness Academy. Yeah, that's a thing. 
More locally, she's reached out for help from a broad array of people in the community. Harold Nyblack is one of them. He's a 60-year-old Army veteran who works as a case manager at a residential treatment community. As a black man in Rutland, he says he was glad to share his perspective. For me, you know, as much as we can bring people together, doesn't matter who you are, and have a conversation. I, I don't know how many times in my life I've had a conversation with someone, and they were just like, you're not what I expected. It's like, well, you never met me, so what? You, I don't know what you were expecting. Thanks to grant funding, Marissa Arduca is Social Tinkering's first full-time staff member. She's 28, has a background working with autistic youth, and is active in Rutland's LGBTQ community. Arduca says after the lockdown days of the pandemic, she empathizes with people who feel anxious about socializing. I just learned how comfortable I am at home by myself and not talking to anybody. So now I have to like unlearn that it's okay to go out and talk to people and like learn how to almost be a human in society again. The nonprofit is currently raising money to create a community living room in Rutland, funded in part with memberships. Langston envisions it hosting speakers and group trainings and being a place where people with different lifestyles can gather at different times. We're a space that you can go to just sit and relax and get to know your community. It's exactly what Russ Green was hoping for at Social Tinkering's recent Gather Together. Has it worked? Have you made friends? Um, I'm in the process. This is my first time here. <laughs> so uh, I'll let you know. <laughs> but uh, yeah, it's just a really super, super positive vibe. And he's already planning to come back. For Vermont Public, I'm Nina Kak. Good to see you, Jeanette. Thanks. Welcome. Thanks for coming. <laughs> I like your sticker. Yeah. I'm glad that you came. Yeah, this is wonderful. Thank you. Thanks for listening to The Frequency today. We had additional reporting from Bob Kinzel, Michaela LaFrac, Adia Golston, and Mary Engish. Our executive producer is Kevin Trevelin, and our music is by Blue Dot Sessions. I'm Mitch Wertlieb. My colleague Mary Engish will be hosting the rest of the week, but I'll talk to you soon. At a time when information continues to come at us faster and faster, sometimes you need to hit pause and rewind. NPR's Throughline takes you back in time to the source of the news stories filling your feed. Find NPR's Throughline wherever you get your podcasts.